Welcome to Surprise, It's Not a Toaster, where healthcare digital experts Ed Bennett and I, Chris Boyer, delve into the fabric of online experiences, tackling annoyances, unveiling innovative solutions and cutting-edge tools, and also challenge AI's limits. Hey, Ed, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing pretty good. Uh, Again, a big lofty intro there. How do you feel about it? (laughs) Well, it's scary, but I think we'll we'll, we'll do our best. (laughs) Well, this is our second episode. The first episode, I thought we did pretty well. I think so, too. Yeah. So I think we got some interesting things to talk about today. And let's first start off, Ed. I always like to understand what's going on. What's on your mind? Well, something I've been struggling with for a very, very long time with my my business, my website, martech.health, which is a vendor directory for our industry so that people that are in cell healthcare, healthcare systems or pharma companies, they need to find a marketing communications or digital partner to help them with projects. My site is there to help them connect with vendors. And one of the key features of the site are reviews and ratings. And it's something I spent a lot of time in the design phase of the website, working out the workflow and all of that. And I had this very complex formula on how I was going to be handling the different star ratings and making sure they were equitable and you know fair to both parties and all that. And my annoyance is that nobody leaves bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get anybody to leave a bad review, even though they can be anonymous. I mean, I verify that they're legit, but they can be anonymous on the website. And I can't get anybody to give me like a one-star review for some company that really screwed them over. I really can't find anybody to do that. Right now, if you looked at my site, I think I'm over like three or 400 reviews now, and 99.9% of them are five stars. <laughs> And so this is not a unique problem, but I think it's amplified for my niche audience because these aren't people reviewing a book on Amazon. These are folks Mm -hmm. who have their career at stake. They have relationships with vendors, and there's a lot of pressure on them not to leave a bad review. Yeah. I see this all over the place. Unless you're Amazon and you're getting thousands of reviews, it's more anonymous and it's not that relationship issue. You're seeing most places have nothing but stock five-star reviews. And we saw this when hospitals were first starting to put physician reviews on their website, uh, physician ratings and reviews. And most of the reviews are five stars. Mm -hmm. And of course, the doctors were freaking out. They were thinking that they would be getting bad reviews. And then when they realized that everybody said five stars, they were very happy about this and and move forward. Not (laughs) sure it really helps that much for the patient who's trying to find real feedback. The other thing is that the research I've seen says that People know what's going on, and they actually give less credence to a company that has nothing but five-star reviews and feels that a company with something lower, actually, those reviews are more legit. And they're going to give more weight to positive reviews because they know that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be something that happened. I don't have a solution to this. <laughs> I mean, I've come up with some solutions that I could that would have been fine if I had implemented them in the beginning. Right. Like for example, most of my vendors can have multiple service categories and the reviewer can pick what they want to review. If I was doing this now, I would say to the reviewer, you can review as many different categories of services to give them star ratings, but you can only have one five-star rating and the other services have to be something lower. Mm. which might have helped spur that diversity, but it would not be fair to my existing vendors if I started doing that now. So 
I think what I'm going to do is de-emphasize the stars. Right now, if you go to a vendor search page, you're going to see big five-star, nice yellow stars all over the place. I even seen, uh, I think YouTube is just giving a, a number. It'll be the number 4.5 and then a little star. So they're right. not not emphasized. So I think I'm going to move to that because what the real value of these reviews are the comments that people say. When you can read what your colleagues are saying about their experience and get that narrative, that's going to be the most informative thing. Yeah. You know, I think you clued in right into yeah. it. it. In my background, you know, I used to work for a company that rated hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was always this promise of like a five-star rating is like the easiest thing you can do. And it makes it so accessible to allow people to very quickly just rate a company product service, whatever it might right. be. But the psychology around like choosing that five star versus choosing a one star, and we even got into like, is it five stars or is it three stars? Or, you know, those are not the right questions to ask. I think you're exactly right. It's the commentary. It's the Mm -hmm. the freeform notes that actually matters more. And I know now if I go to a site where it's mostly five star rated, all I'm doing is searching for those one or three star reviews, and they're over-indexed in my mind, right, against that. So. I think it's really fascinating as we're seeing more and more of us now wanting to review and rank organizations or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and the other factor is that you're seeing so many companies that treat anything less than a five-star as total devastation. You know, I've had the experience of, of whether it was buying a car or I go into my local computer store and I buy a video card. The salesman gives me a sticker and says, please review me. And by the way, anything less than a five-star means I've got right. written up. <laughs> you know? So like everybody knows this and they know even worse if they like the experience but they are in the frame of mind that I never, I'm never going to leave perfect ratings for everything. Now they're just disincentivized because they know that it's actually going to hurt the guy. Mm. That 4.5 isn't fantastic. It's it's devastation. It's right. So. It is kind of weird, right? So yeah. a five star is not enough, which basically means that most web denizens now are kind of going to other places yes. to find out their reviews. And yes. this kind of leads nicely into a technology recommendation that you have. What a nice for segue. Very good. Smoothly done, man. Thank you. <laughs> the format we have here is that I come up with something that's annoying me and then I try to come up with a tip. And I think yeah. my, the big tip for me is something that's been very beneficial for me is figuring out the best way to get questions answered. So the question may be, how do I change the left rear light in my 2003 Prius? The easiest way to figure that out is to go to YouTube YouTube, and watch a video. In fact, I actually bought a piece of Ikea furniture this weekend, and it's like the first time I've purchased anything from Ikea in at least 15 years, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. I'm really in the mode of getting rid of stuff, not not buying new stuff these Mm -hmm. days. And for the first time for me, I was able to go to a YouTube video showing how to put this thing together. Mm -hmm. And the difference between that and having to use that stupid printed cartoon diagram it was just life at night and day. So Ikea actually said, here's the YouTube video. Oh, no, they don't do that. They don't do they that. They don't do that. No, okay. No, their fan base does it. Yes. Okay, great. And so like I put in I put in the particular item uh, name, and there were at least four or five different YouTube creators who had essentially the same tutorial. It was step-by-step. Mm-hmm. Step, we're going to lay out this like this. Here are the screws that I'm using close up. These are the holes that has to go in. And mm. be careful, this board has to be oriented this way. Look how it is. 
Ah. Very clear, right? Mm -hmm. And I put this thing together without a single hiccup. And it was mm -hmm. all because I could reference a video and see exactly what was being asked of me. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I had like three or four different people I could pick from. And I picked the guy who had a couple of Band-Aids on his fingers. I figured, this guy, <laughs> this guy knows Ikea. <laughs> was, it, was it great? Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, awesome. it was great. It worked fine. And uh, there were several times I would back up the video to take a close uh -huh. look at something and expand the screen. And it's wonderful. <laughs> so there's certain things where I have yet to find the most obscure, weird, technical thing that a video will help me. I have mm -hmm. yet to find an instance where I can't find that mm -hmm. uh, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an it's an amazing thing that we have now at our fingertips. Right. Uh, even the guy who was doing some work on our house, doing some renovation, this guy who barely has an email account. I was talking about something. He says, "Ed, you should go on YouTube and look <laughs> it up." <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> Good tip. So, well, there's a um, lot of other niche forums too, right? Yes. Places like yes. Reddit and other places. And I mentioned this before on other podcasts I've been on. I am a type one diabetic, and I have medical devices, insulin pumps, and glucometers. And I'm telling you, Reddit is one of the best places where you can source to get information and mm -hmm. questions answered. This actually sort of ties into the annoyance from last episode, the insurification yeah. of the web. Right. It's happening right now with Reddit. Reddit is now looking to be purchased, and they're trying to ramp up their shareholder value, and they're basically tr destroying a lot of the key things that made yeah. Reddit a really wonderful place. However, it's still there, and it's still working. And you're right. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of niche communities on Reddit. And just about any piece of software or mechanical thing mm -hmm. or any any topic you can think of, there's a Reddit community. And there are people mm -hmm. in there that are passionate about it. And they're having conversations and answering questions and solving problems. Trying to do this with just Google is useless, as you know. Yeah. Google has completely abandoned the concept that you can go there and get a good answer to a question. So every time I need to search for something, I will put in site, colon, Reddit, and then my question, and just get the Reddit responses oh, wow. back on Google. I do that because Reddit has a really horrible search engine. It's right. bad. Just yeah, it bad. Is. It is. And uh, so using Google to search Reddit is is the uh, is the sweet spot. But as Reddit might go away and not be this useful tool. Mm -hmm. So I think what we'll have to fall back on is finding the niche forums. Uh, mm -hmm. So like for my Prius... There is a Prius forum, and it's old school right. chat forum type thing. A lot of that knowledge is now shifting over to them. Mm -hmm. So you balance those things, and you'll find you'll you can still find a great resources to good answers these days. Well, see, there you go. I think that's that's a great tip. You know, it's just the hard part is finding the right niche forum. Yes, because I'm telling you, I have an Apple, and going to the Apple official oh, forums, well. it's horrible. Right. You can't get the right answers. So, but you can find it in other places. And you know, user groups like Reddit have jumped the gun because even my endocrinologist said, you may want to go check Reddit. Uh -huh. And I was like, wow, is yeah. that an endorsement? And she's right. like, oh, careful to say it's not an endorsement. Right. Still, yeah, that's awesome. Well, what a great tip, Ed. Now we're going to pivot to the segment of the show that I manage, which is. Stump Chat GPT, and if you all recall from the first episode, it's where we take a question and we try to stump these generative AI tools. Now, I'll have to say at time of recording, Chat GPT is down, which is interesting. That's I'm, scary. Uh, yeah, I know. And I went to write it. And, and that, means, that means there's over a thousand startup websites that are down, too. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, there's another great generative AI tool out there that's free that I use as well, and that's Google's Bard. And if you go to bard.google.com, you can try it out for those of you who haven't tried it out. So I pose this question to Bard, and here's the question. Ed, ready for it? Ready. Let's go. If you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of your life, which five music albums would you bring with you? We know that question. We've heard it before. It's everywhere, right? Your desert island list, right? Exactly. Your desert island list. So um, are you ready for the answer that Bard provided? I'm not sure, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So this is the response verbatim. If I were stranded on a desert island for the rest of my life, I would bring the following five music albums with me. Number one, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. This album is a masterpiece of pop music with its lush orchestrations and soaring harmonies. It would provide me with hours of listening pleasure to help me forget my troubles. Number two, Abbey Road by the Beatles. Another classic album. Abbey Road is a perfect blend of the Beatles' early pop sound and their later experimental work. It would be a constant source of inspiration and comfort. Okay. Number three, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. This album is a journey through the human psyche, exploring themes of time, death, and madness. It would be a challenging and thought-provoking listen, but it would also be a great way to explore my own thoughts and feelings. Okay. Number four, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. This album is a celebration of life, love, and music. It would be a joy to listen to and would help me to stay positive, even in the most difficult times. And lastly, number five, five, Nevermind by Nirvana. This album is a landmark of grunge rock, and it would help me connect with my inner rebel. It would also be a reminder that even in the darkest of times, there is always hope. And then it concludes by saying, these are just a few of the many great albums that I would love to have with me on a desert island. Ultimately, the choice of which albums to bring would depend on my mood and what I was looking for in a listening experience. But these five albums would be a great starting point for anyone who is looking for some musical companionship in a remote location. Well, you know, this is interesting. It's obviously, if you looked at all the Desert Island lists out there out on the web and you averaged them all together, no surprise, these top five would be in there. That's what ChatGTV did. I mean, that's yeah. our, our Bard did. Bard, that's a nice name for this particular question. And obviously, you know, as you listen to this, that's exactly what happened. It did a search. Yeah. It found <laughs> it found a thousand different top lists, and it averaged them together and came up these. But it's trying to word it as if this is my personal pick, and it's using that language. It really shows how shallow the AI stuff is. And it's putting this personality on top of it. And a question like this really exposes it. Is there is no personality there. It's just yeah. it just did it did an algorithm search and came up with a list. That said, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little creeped out by the personalization part of it, like with my inner thoughts and feelings. And you know, I knew it was a generative yeah. AI solution. So it doesn't have those. But okay, Ed, this is the moment. Did our stump chat GPT question pass or fail? I think it passed. Because I don't think anybody would go to ChatGTP thinking that a real personality is going to come back and give you an answer about their innermost thoughts on music. Mm -hmm. It's doing exactly what you know it's going to do. It's pulling together an algorithmic answer based on data points that it finds across the web. And it provided a nice summary. I mean, I sure looked at Abbey Road and all the different comments that people have said about Abbey Road, and it synthesized that into a little description Mm -hmm. about why this is great. I'd say... 
if I was just wanting to explore new boundaries, I'd probably say this is a good start. There we go. We heard it here first, everyone. Just set your expectations when you <laughs> look at this. <laughs> love the answer. Well, there we go, Ed. I think we accomplished what we set out to do. We uh, okay. shared some annoyances. We shared some good online tips, and we tried to stump the, the online generative AI solutions. As That's people fun. are listening in, we definitely want to encourage them. Right oh, yeah. to us. I would love to hear if people have better ideas about how to get your questions answered, for example. I think some of the stuff that I said is pretty much common knowledge, but maybe it isn't. But I would love to hear from other folks about how do they go about getting their question answered when, when they need that uh, real answer. Yeah, let's, let's hear what they have to say. Absolutely. And by the way, if you have questions that you want us to some generative AI yeah. solutions, let us know. And well, Ed, once again, another good episode in the books here. I um, really you. appreciate it. And I really look forward to the next time. You got it.